Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Jonathan Glass is the co-owner of Party Stuff, and he joins us on the phone now. Jonathan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. Thank you for doing this. Really appreciate it. Um, listen, at Party Stuff, you're dealing with people all the time getting ready for Halloween. What are they telling you? What do you think is going to be the big... Will we even have much of Halloween this year, do you think, or how will it be different? Well, i got to tell you that traffic through the stores have been a little slower this year than they have been in previous years. Uh just in, in general, I mean, we run party stores year-round, and uh, with gathering sizes limited to what they are, it's, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a tough slog getting through this. Sure. Uh, but people, I would imagine, are coming up with safe alternative ways to celebrate whatever the event is. As you point out, you do more than just Halloween, but we're close to Halloween. It's coming up on Saturday. Are people figuring out new and different ways to celebrate safely? Yeah, people are using their creativity. They're coming up with uh, in-house dress-up candy hunts. They're doing Zoom parties. They're talking about candy slides and doing costume parades. And, uh, I mean, we have costumes to sell, and we have home decoration items to sell. And I've taken an interesting approach to it this year because we all saw the the predictions of a second wave of COVID-19 coming in the fall. Well, that's exactly when Halloween is. And I, I said, well, how can I get all the product that we have in our stores already into the hands of people at the best possible price. So what I did with all of my packaged costumes and just about all of my Halloween decorations, I put them at clearance prices, and it's really been a good response to that. So there's less people coming in, but those that are coming in are getting a really good deal. Interesting. So you sort of said, hey, we're going to prepare from a business point of view. We're going to prepare for that second wave and at the very least make it affordable for people to still dress up and celebrate Halloween. Well, I mean, that's just it, is that we have to sort of balance as business owners and as as a locally owned family run business we have to balance the safety of our employees and ourselves and our customers and and also their availability of product i mean uh i have school age children and and by their age my parents are what would be called elderly so i, I just want to keep everyone safe but i also have a business to run and these are definitely challenging times sure what are your kids going to be doing for halloween how are you uh, in your family jonathan going to be celebrating well, you know, when I say school age, I mean that they're both in high school. So okay. uh, it's a little bit uh, lower key than it used to be. But uh, sure. again, using their creativity, I'm sure that will come up with something. We'll be carving pumpkins and we'll still yep. be decorating the house. You know what? I got a couple of pumpkins yesterday and that's what we're going to be doing. You know, we're going to carve a couple of pumpkins and roast some of the pumpkin seeds and, and make the most of it and, and be as safe as we possibly can. You mentioned something in one of your answers there. You said a candy slide. What's that? Well, I've seen it on the news, and it's people uh, wanting to stay six feet apart from their candy gatherers. Um, so they've come up with ideas, and, and, you know, I'm not an engineer, but they're using PVC <laughs> pipes and other things. And, yep. and we actually have, uh, we've brought in some signs that people can put on their front yard that say uh, contactless trick-or-treat zone. That way it makes it very clear for anyone walking down the street that this is a house to go to where you're going to be safe and you're going to receive your candy in a, in a safe manner. Interesting. So obviously, party stuff deals with all sorts of weddings, gatherings, parties. Uh, mm-hmm. I was surprised to hear that you say you say that your your business hasn't been adversely affected that much. That there is still traffic when uh, so many events have uh, been postponed or canceled. Well, you know, I mean, it's. Uh... 
I didn't quite say that we haven't been completely unaffected. Uh, yep. there's, been, there's been an effect. I mean, one aspect of our business that has actually been uh, on the rise is our balloon business. A little bit of a joke there for you. Um, <laughs> people are choosing to celebrate a little differently. I mean, before the virus came, people would get together. Uh, people would have large gatherings. People would have wedding socials. And those were all big parts of what we did. But uh, we also offer balloons, and people are using balloons as sort of an expression of, of their celebrations. Because people want to know that the life, uh, life still goes on for those of us who are fortunate. And the world is still spinning. The seasons change. Holidays come and go. And birthdays haven't been canceled. Anniversaries haven't been canceled. Babies haven't been canceled. So people want to say what they want to say, but they're saying it with balloons now. Yeah. Hey, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm a little slow on the joke there. It's Monday, right? Forgive Not me. Not a worry. Uh, Is it Monday? Yeah. Every day's a Monday. <laughs> yeah, it feels like, boy, I'll tell you, I kind of lost track of the days, to be honest with you, Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan, thanks a lot for this, and uh, really appreciate your help on this. And, and listen, I'm glad that people are still figuring out creative and safe ways uh, to celebrate the holidays. I think it's more important for, for kids uh, you know, than it is for the rest of us, but for the rest of us too. And, and I think as long as we can figure out a way to do it safely, whether that's a candy slide or a Zoom party or uh, a candy hunt at home uh, within your family, I, I, I say go for it. Halloween, um, and the weather's going to be nice, wouldn't it? You know, Halloween's, the weather's going to be nicer and it's going to be on a Saturday, which would be perfect for getting out there and, and doing a lot more and interacting with friends and family, but we'll make the best of it. For sure. It's a different world. Uh, we're here for Christmas, we're here for New Year's, and we're here beyond. Jonathan, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for your time today. Thank you very much. Trisha Wiedenbacker is the Executive Director of the Massage Therapy Association of Manitoba. Trisha, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for doing this. It is your Awareness Week, correct? It is Massage Therapy Awareness Week. Well, thanks for coming on, and, and uh, we'll help celebrate it here. Uh, let me begin, though, um, with COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, things really have changed for you guys, I guess, with this virus, eh? They have quite a bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's virtually impossible for us to physically distance uh, right from the get-go when they were saying, you know, you have to avoid close contact for prolonged periods. Well, that's essentially what a massage therapy treatment is. You are in close contact with your client for, you know, anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, maybe 90 minutes, um, and providing health care in a, in a close, confined setting. So what precautions have you been able to take then? Uh, well, we have been following all of the uh, recommended guidelines from uh, Dr. Rusin and public health, uh, including wearing appropriate PPE, so therapists are wearing masks, um, and of course, now with the uh, the mandated masks in uh, Winnipeg in the metropolitan re- region, all the clients are expected to wear masks as well. Uh, if and in those exceptions where they're not able to wear a mask, uh, we're encouraging other um, other risk management uh, techniques like uh, wearing a face shield. Maybe that's appropriate. Uh, changing positioning of the client on the table so they're they're not they're avoiding close contact. Um, close face-to-face contact. Uh, occasionally, the uh, you know the client is lying on their back and they're receiving treatment to their neck, and the therapist has to be quite close to the uh, the client's head. So we're working with different um, positioning, uh, perhaps, um, or maybe the client only wears the mask at that point um, if they are otherwise unable to wear a mask. So lots of different um, sure. 
um, PPE, uh, but also, of course, all of the uh, extra sanitation uh, and disinfecting protocols uh, in between clients, making sure people are, are not encountering anyone in waiting areas. Um, perhaps they're waiting outside in their vehicle and they're being uh, texted to let them know when it's safe to, to come in for their appointment, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think some people hear massage therapy and they think, well, it's a relaxing massage, but it's so much more than that. And, you know, when COVID first hit and we weren't doing so many things initially, a lot of people were excited mm-hmm. about finally getting their hair cut again. I can tell <laughs> you that in my house, when my wife was able to go and see her massage therapist, that was a great day uh, <laughs> because my, my wife deals with lots of pain in, in her neck and in her back from a couple of uh, uh, traffic accidents. And and so um, and maybe talk a little bit about that, how important the services that your people provide now, even stress-related, aside from injuries and things, but even mm-hmm. stress-related because stress is a huge problem right now. Yeah, we know that uh, the, you know, the physical effects of chronic stress uh, our bodies, they can tolerate short periods of stress from time to time, but then what you, we, we usually can get back to normal and, and recover from that. But when you have the chronic prolonged stress that we've been experiencing now, working from home, the uncertainty of everything, it, people react differently to that, and it comes out in a lot of different ways, tense muscles, headaches. We've seen a lot of people um, having, who clench their jaw, grind their teeth, so they'll have... Um, yeah facial pain and jaw issues and neck pain. So all of those types of things are all becoming really, really prevalent. And so, yeah, even if you don't have, uh, or if you normally didn't have that type of stress or pain before, it's coming out now in these last few months. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's get back to uh, uh, Massage Therapy Awareness Week. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is, you know, as it says right in in the title, it's to raise awareness. So talk a little bit about that. Why is it important that we know about uh, massage therapists and what they do? Well, a lot of people are not aware of what types of um, ailments or conditions that massage therapy can um, be used to treat, uh, and and they they've never thought of going to see a massage therapist for uh, for their or their pain or whatever condition that they have. Uh, so we want people to be more aware of the different types of uh, uh, things that massage therapists are trained to treat. Uh, that they have. Um, our members have at least uh, two years of very in-depth training on anatomy and physiology and pathology. Uh, they're aware of when it's okay to, to treat somebody with massage therapy as well as when it's not appropriate and when they should be referring to another healthcare provider. Okay, um, where can people find out more? I mean, obviously, a lot of people out there have a massage therapist Mm -hmm. Um, how can we find out more how can people reach out to a massage therapist if they uh, if they need the services Uh, if you're looking for a massage therapist we invite you to go to our our website mtam.mb.ca and there is a handy link right on the home page for to find an rmt you can search by uh, area of the province uh, area of the city of winnipeg Uh, you can search by uh, the type of um uh, massage therapy that you want, whether you're looking for someone who might be able to come to your home uh, or, or even to a, a healthcare center, um, or if you're looking for um, a particular style of massage, deep tissue versus um, something that's become uh, much more popular these days as an instrument-assisted type of massage. Maybe you've mm-hmm. heard of uh, cupping. Right, uh, yeah. Where, yeah, things like that. Uh, so if you're looking for a particular style, you can search by all of that. 
and, and find appropriate practitioners who are still um, taking patients at this time. Trisha, thanks a lot. Interesting times, uh, but it is Massage mm-hmm. Therapy Awareness Week, and we wanted to have you on for a few minutes. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much. Joining us now, science writer Chris Rutkowski. Chris, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. Well, um, a few hours ago, NASA told us about water on the moon. We just heard some details in the news there with TFJ. What more can you tell us, and why is this such a big deal? Well, I've got my swim trunks already on, ready <laughs> to go to the swimming hole. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's good that we have some of these announcements in the midst of all the other bad stuff that's going on because it does tend to show that things still are normal-ish in some ways in the sense that some fantastic scientific discoveries are continuing to be made, and there's progress in in science uh, all the time. And what was announced today was uh, that NASA, or a group of scientists working under NASA, uh, have found water, to be more specific, water molecules um, on the moon. Now, previously they found uh, chunks of ice at the bottom of craters and things like that, but this was actually uh, on the surface, um, on uh, on the part of the, the moon that's illuminated, not necessarily in shadow, and this is actually fairly significant for people who want to travel into space. Uh, NASA uh, is, of course, planning on sending astronauts back there by 2024. Uh, probably by 2030, uh, they want to have a, a permanent structure of some sort, a permanent presence on the moon. So they've got some big plans. And one of the problems is that uh, life needs water. We tend to need water. And uh, life in the universe seems, as far as we can tell, needs water in order to survive. And, uh, you know, try, taking it into space with you uh, is very, very costly and too bulky because water actually weighs quite a bit. But uh, if you can find somewhere you're going, then actually, that actually cuts down the cost a bit and uh, has some promise for people being able to actually mine water on the moon uh, so that, uh, you know, we might be able to set up some settlements up there. Right. So, for example, in the future, if we're making our way to Mars or a further planet, we might stop at the moon and reload with water, I guess, eh? Uh, Absolutely. And, of course, one of the other things is that uh, the fact that there's water on the moon, which as far as we know is pretty desolate and and, uh, uninhabitable, really, uh, and yet there's water there. And what that tells uh, scientists looking for life in the universe is that you know, if water is necessary for life and we've found it on uh, a planet or a moon that's uh, sterile without, you know, any life on it that we can tell, then water might be really common in the universe. And that is promising for looking for uh, life on other planets uh, elsewhere in the universe. Hmm. How much water are we talking? You say water molecules. I mean, are there creeks or, or is it much more sparse than that? No, it's pretty sparse. In fact, they had thought at one time that this was a uh, something called hydroxyl, uh, which were, and some other compounds uh, that you know just have water bound into them. Uh, but it turns out this is actual water molecules, H two and O, and uh, that suggests that uh, you know they're they're up there. Not a, not enough for you know, any significant streams or rivers or, or swimming holes, but, but enough to say that there is water and it is possible to find such water elsewhere in the universe. So it's, it's actually very promising 
uh, to think that, you know, it, it actually raises the odds for finding life elsewhere, elsewhere in the universe. And so it's actually quite a significant finding today. Chris, appreciate your time on this. Thank you. Okay. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.